Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can find me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today's Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. This episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model for win probability and totals using hitter and pitcher projections I've created, along with weather data, in order to make one money line pick on every game that's played seven days a week, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't necessarily mean I recommend you do the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why the model or I like or don't like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. As I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to see will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Um, you know, I give that spiel at the top, and I, and I do not recommend blindly bagging anybody's plays ever. Uh, I do hope that some of y'all are, are hearing what I'm saying. You see the pitcher ratings and you're kind of developing some of the same thought processes and you're learning. And even before I come out with numbers, uh, you're kind of thinking along the same sort of lines, kind of realizing some of the same teams that are overpriced as I do. Hopefully you're mostly on the same page with me. It's been an incredible run. Um, it, it continues. I don't know how much longer it's going to continue. It's been an absolute blast. Uh, a plays, have been incredible all season long to the tune of 11% ROI on almost 400 plays um, of the last 12 days. 10 of them have been profitable A play days on those money line picks. 13 of the last 16 B play money line days have been positive. So those B plays I keep talking about are coming along and they were strong last night. Again, um, things are just going really well. Again, the model seeing things fairly accurately and just finding games that are mispriced and things are kind of bouncing our way. It's, it's, you know, I, I talk about good and bad variants. It's always more fun when we have these stretches and we've had some good variants. We've had some good luck here and it's not that the good luck is what's been making us profitable. It's what's making us extremely profitable. And that's the way it goes in this business, right? We want to make sure that when we have that good luck, we capitalize and it's great days. And hopefully when we have some bad luck days, those are going to happen. Hopefully those bad luck days are only break even or so. And that's kind of what we've been seeing lately. It's been, like I said, a lot of bla a lot of fun. It's been a blast. I have no idea how much longer it's going to continue. Again, just remember, keep your wagers reasonable within your means. Um, you know, don't go putting all your bankroll on a play just because I love it, right? You know, things have been going great. You just never know. Let's just keep being, you know, it's slow and steady. And right now we've been really increasing that bankroll and that's the goal. Uh, we don't want to get too overinvested, but you know, so far it's been a magical ride these last uh, several many weeks. Before we get to the games I like today, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. The only way is when you turn notifications on to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Share with the Finny and others in the game. Hit me up on Twitter or drop a comment if you're on YouTube. I love those and try to respond to as many as I can. As a reminder for those of you who like to bet on horse racing, we partner with Horse Racing Today. You can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. Got a team of five with over 125 years of combined experience in handicapping horse races. There's an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. And today they've got a favorite play over at the Finger Lakes Race 8. You can check out their YouTube shows or website. The links are in the description. Got a nice slate today. Game spread out from 
earlier in the afternoon to later at night. So today's a great day to watch some baseball. Got a lot of really great plays today, I think. A lot of games are priced fairly accurately. And as we go through those, we'll start off here at 110 Eastern with the Reds at the Mets. Mets are a massive favorite in this one again. It'll be a nice day out in New York, a little on the warm side, low 80s. Slight chance of rain, probably not going to impact things too much. have to mention it because it's not impossible, but it should stay dry. A slight breeze throughout the day, but it should stay under five miles an hour, and the wind's going to shift around throughout the day, so probably not going to overall affect things too much. Again, slightly warmer day in a pitcher-friendly ballpark there at City Fields. It'll be TJ Zook for the Reds versus Taiwan Walker. Not expecting much from Zook, not expecting much from any Reds pitcher, to be honest. And, of course, that Reds bullpen is fairly terrible beyond you know, one or, or maybe two guys at best. And even those two guys are, are probably more guys you'd rather have in the sixth or seventh inning than the eighth or ninth. And, of course, the Mets are just fantastic, hitting the ball really well, lots of great pitching up and down. Just a fantastic team, and that's why they're such big favorites. They'll give the ball to Tywan Walker today, who has a 345 ERA. The underlying metrics say maybe a tiny bit higher, but not by much. He gets a 94 rating. In my database, again, 100 is average, so above average, better than average, but not by a ton. Mono says this one should be Mets minus 289, so if you were to make a line based off of 289 and add the juice in that the sports books do, you probably would come up with a number like minus 305, minus 310 on the Mets, and maybe plus you know, 275 or so on the Reds would be about how I would hang this. So I think there's a little bit of value here on the Mets at minus 290, not much though and not enough to get excited about it's 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 more rounding error value to me might be a little bit of value on the Mets or not might not be as long as this number starts with a two I don't think it's a terrible play it's just not one I'm excited about so it's a lean for me on the Mets here at this giant price today they're the much better team they obviously have an edge on offense they obviously have an edge in the bullpen they obviously have an edge of starting pitcher and they're at home so it's kind of one of those things where everything lines up for them to win this one. But again, baseball is random and weird things happen. So it's not at a price that I really feel comfortable adding an extra unit to. I want to keep this one low here. Again, I've got one unit, two unit, three unit plays, which I kind of do to avoid weird decimals. For the most part, these are, if you think standardized, kind of the B is the average play. So a one unit play from is kind of more like a half unit play. Uh, for some people in terms of how they're thinking about this. So again, a small investment here on the Mets, I think is is probably okay. Just not what I want to be too invested in. Again, the Mets probably win this game, but the price is one where the value that you're getting maybe only barely exceeds the risk and the wonkiness of baseball and sometimes weird things happen. So I'm okay with the Mets here, just not my favorite play of the day to kick us off. 2-10 Eastern, first pitch, one of my favorite plays here, Rays at the Brewers. The Brewers got it done last night for us, getting five runs on the board. As made the comment, the Brewers, just an all-or-nothing offense. You never know. Sometimes their offense disappears. Sometimes they score enough runs. Today seems like another situation where if they get five runs, that should get the job done for them with Brandon Woodruff on the hill against Jeffrey Springs. Springs is a fairly average pitcher according to the model. He does have a nice 250 ERA, but a guy who hasn't shown a ton of depth consistently which would turn it over to a raised bullpen. That's fairly average. Um, underlying metrics, of course, for Springs, though, put his ERA closer to three and a half. So a guy who doesn't go very deep, underlying metrics to three and a half. Not a bad pitcher. Um, maybe just not as impressive as that ERA. Brandon Woodruff, a 349 ERA, and the underlying metrics say it should be around three. I like Woodruff. I think he's probably a little bit undervalued because people are maybe expecting him to be in the Corbin Burns level, and he's clearly a step below, but I don't think he's maybe as far below as people are treating him 
Of course, offensively, these two teams about to watch. The Brewers get a little bit of an edge on offense, but again, they're pretty all or nothing. The Rays offense can be kind of all or nothing as well. And relievers, I give the Brewers an edge there. The game's in Milwaukee. Again, I really like Brandon Woodruff here. Minus 151 is really short, in my opinion. I'll take the Brewers with an A-grade pick on this one. Model says it should be minus 176 in a game that might have a few more runs than is predicted. The total I'm seeing out there is 7.5. The model says 8.4. It's going to be a warmer day in Milwaukee. That roof should be open. There's no chance of rain. The temperature's in the mid-80s there in that part. Ball might kind of fly out a little bit. A little scary to go over in any game involving either one of these teams with how erratic they can be offensively. And Brandon Woodruff involved being in the model thinks that 7.5 is a little bit of short a little bit of a short number. Either way, like I said, I love the Brewers here at this price, minus 151. I think it should be a lot higher than that. I think you should be having to pay more like minus 180 for the Brewers. This Brewers team is a team we've kind of zigged and zagged on with fairly good success here recently. A team that at times seems a little bit overpriced as giant favorites, but maybe a little bit underpriced here in a spot like this. I'll be all over the Brewers here, especially at these prices, as much value as they offer, again, given the model thinks it should be uh, about a quarter higher than it is. 220 Easter first pitch, Nats at the Cubs. I feel like I haven't gotten a pick right on the Cubs in over a week now. And that's kind of crazy with how well everything's gone. And it seems like, you know, I'm on fire with every pick. But the Cubs have just, I zig and zag and just can't figure out the Cubs. Uh, they've been a frustrating team to watch every time, you know, you kind of think they're you know, not going to do anything, they win. And then you have a spot like last night with Stroman against the Nats. And then, uh, you know, he's cruising along. And then that four-run inning there in the middle kind of throws things off. And the Cubs come back and take the lead and then blow it again. Real frustrating team personally on the Cubs. Today, this afternoon game, it'll be a nice day out in Wrigley. Slight breeze blowing in at 5 to 10 miles an hour. And temperatures in the mid to upper 70s. Josiah Gray versus Justin Steele. Gray is a 492 area, and the only metrics say it should actually be a tiny bit higher than that. Gets a slightly below average rating. He was a guy who had looked good for a while there in the middle of the season and has kind of struggled again here lately. That's kind of why we always talk about not overreacting to four or five starts. Every pitcher has four or five starts where they look much better than they are, and every pitcher has four or five starts where they look much worse than they are. Josiah Gray at this point, just an average pitcher. Uh, still a lot of potential. It still might be a really good pitcher down the road. Uh, but for right now, I don't think he's necessarily figured anything out, leading me to think that he's, um, you know, an, an ace right now. Not a bad pitcher, just not great. I like Justin still better. Has a 367 ERA and an metric state. Should actually be a little bit better than that. So a starting pitcher edge here for the Cubs. They have a little bit of an edge on offense. The Nats relievers rate a little bit better. But again, these are two bad baseball teams at this point that are below average in almost everything. You do have an above average pitcher in steel. It's the only good thing happening in this game. To me, there are other afternoon games that are a lot more interesting than this one. And I don't really think there's a lot of value price-wise. The model says it should be Cubs minus 155. So I'll take a flyer on the Nats at plus 157 with a C grade. Maybe a little bit of value worth, a, like I said, worth a, a tiny investment here on the Nats at these plus odds, but I don't trust either one of these teams at this point. I, I hate backing the Nats. They did win last night. Um, I just think this price is a little high on the Cubs. Nothing to do with last night. And again, I like Justin Steele. I've been kind of touting him all season as a pitcher I thought was undervalued. I just can't really get behind a number like minus 175 on the Cubs. Like I said, I just think it's a little bit too high. So for me, it's Nats or pass. And like I said, this a perfectly reasonable game to pass on or again, make just a tiny investment on the Nats, in my opinion. Cubs probably win. It's just a steep price. 
And again, I didn't expect them to lose last night with Stroman on the hill. So losing here today, again, it's on the table in a sport like baseball, and it's just too steep of odds to pay on a Cubs team that just isn't that good. Waddle says here total should be 7.8. I'm seeing totals of 8, so fairly uh, well-priced total according to the model. 335 Eastern first pitch, Angels at the A's. Mid-70s for this one in Oakland, a nice day. Winds will be blowing out around 10 miles an hour through the entire game. And again, what I was talking about with Oakland, situation where the ball doesn't carry very well at night there. Uh, carries a little bit better in the day. We tend to have winds that stay a little bit stronger, a little bit warmer, a little bit better carry on the ball. Still a pitcher's park, though. Tuki Toussaint will get the start for the Angels, a guy I feel like I haven't thought about in a long time surfacing again. I guess this shows kind of the shape the Angels are in, having to turn to him to start. Of course, their offense still below average and relievers still below average. And obviously, we don't expect a lot from Toussaint. Um, you know, maybe he goes deep and has a good start. Maybe he gets hit around a little bit. Of course, if he's ever going to have success, it'll be against this A's offense in this ballpark. So it sets up well for him, but I still don't think I expect too much. The A's will throw a pretty solid pitcher out there in Paul Blackburn. 420 ADRA underline metrics say it should be a little bit lower than that. One of the rare pitchers who somehow has an ERA higher than the underlying metrics despite pitching in Oakland. You know, half of his games in that pitcher's park tends to give situations for pitchers to have ERAs better than the advanced metrics for A's pitchers. Not the case here, though. So not a guy who I want you to look at that 428 ERA and say, oh, he pitches in Oakland. He's bad. Just a guy who's had kind of some bad luck the way the ball's bounced a little bit. I think he's still a solid pitcher, fairly average. Again, a guy who's perfectly reliable. Um, not ace material, of course, but there's nothing wrong with that. Today's offense, it's not good, and a bullpen, that's not good. So, I mean, another situation where I think there's more interesting afternoon games. I think this game's priced fairly well, personally. Model says A's minus 118 should be slight home favorites here with Blackburn on the bump. Again, a guy that's not a bad pitcher, but at a price like minus 121, it's hard to get that excited about the A's. It's hard to get that excited about playing the A's as favorites in general, even if they're playing a team as terrible as the Angels. They've lost the first two games here in this series. I think they got a chance to salvage a game with Blackburn against a guy like Tucson. And I'd rather be on the A's than the Angels just because I don't know what I'm getting from Tucson, having not made a major league start in what feels like ages. But it's, again, laying a number with the A's is not something that you really want to do with any reasonable percentage of your bankroll, in my personal opinion. So I'll be on the A's here, but at this number, it's just a lean. If I could get a number more like minus 110, now we're talking about B grade where it's not as bad, minus 105. You're getting a little more excited about that. If you're getting closer to even money, but again, laying a price with the A's, it's just never a great feeling, especially now that they've traded their ace in Montas. Total-wise, model says 7.6. I'm seeing numbers of 7.5, so a total that I think is priced fairly accurate here. If this was a night game, probably more like 7. But in the day, I think 7.5 is fairly accurate numbers, not a total even that I think is worth an investment. 14 Easter first pitch, Giants at the Padres. Padres getting a win last night with their newfound hitting prowess in a game that Josh Hader blows again. Guys really had a rough stretch here after starting off the season and looking like his dominant self, however many scoreless innings or scoreless outings he had, it seems like in a row. Only given up, I think, one run for a long or an outing and a run in one outing for a long stretch. Looks fairly terrible for a long time. Get straight into the Padres. Blows last night. The Padres can come back and still win. As they put up seven runs last night, their offense finally starting to maybe click a little bit. Again, they have the talent, and baseball's a random sport. You know, you look bad for a week, and it doesn't really mean anything. 
I thought the podge had been overpriced because people thought they were probably better than they were. They didn't look that good. doesn't mean they aren't that good. I feel, still think there's what they were before. I don't think that week really changes my impression of them at all. <clears throat> Today, they're favored again against the Giants in a game that they have an edge pretty much all around the diamond. It'll be a nice day in San Diego, low 80s. Winds will be blowing kind of out and kind of across 5 to 10 miles an hour, so maybe a little bit of a boost to the bats. It'll be to right field, though, so it might help the lefties a little bit. The righties, it's really hard to, to see how it helps them that much. If you're a righty, you know, maybe you're going opposite field, but for the most part, your power, of course, is to the pool field, and it kind of helps you, I guess, a little bit maybe if you hook the ball foul and now it blows it fair, but... I help the lefties out a little bit. It might also be more across than anything else. So maybe a slight chance it helps the hitters, but probably not, even though it might get up to about 10 miles an hour. We'll see it affecting the game too much. Mainly we've got a pitcher-friendly ballpark, but a little bit warmer of a day. So one of the ball might carry a little bit more. And another game last night, the model said to go over. Another one the model would say to go over again. It says total of 8.9. I'm seeing numbers of 8.5. It's hard to really trust either one of these bullpens. I'm always talking about the Giants bullpen being terrible. The Padres bullpen rates out still better than average. And, of course, you still have to think Hayter is good. But the way he's pitching right now, you know, puts them in a tougher spot. So, I mean, the Padres bullpen, again, may be okay. But otherwise, the Giants bullpen's fairly terrible. Jacob Junis will get the ball to start for the Giants. Well, he does have a 305 ERA. It's, he's not a guy that we think is going to go very long. Getting into that Giants bullpen, again, usually spells disaster for them. And the underlying metrics say his ERA should be closer to four. So not a bad pitcher, just not a great one. And then Sean Manaya for the Padres. I mean, what do, what do you do with Manaya? right? He... he he looks fantastic at times and then terrible at times. There's very rarely any in between with him. And he'll have stretches of these and then randomly throw an opposite start in there. So it's not even that you can consistently say when he's bad, he's bad. When he's good, he's good. Because he'll have stretches where he's really pitching well and have one clunker in there. And he'll have stretches where he looks terrible, like right now, and then randomly throw well. The guy's just all over the place. Zeres ballooned out to 474. The underlying metrics do say it should be around four. At this point, I still think Manaya is better than average, but the how much better than average is dropping by the start, it seems like, for him. A lot of this game, how you play it, determined, you know, to me, is determined based off of how you feel about Manaya. It's uncomfortable at best. What I will say is the Giants, again, are a left-handed heavy hitting team, and that makes them project below league average against lefties. The Padres, again, a little bit also left-handed heavy, gives them a boost against righties. It's a pretty big offensive discrepancy based off the lefty-righty projections here in this game. So I still like the Padres, but gosh, that Mania thing and him just being all over the map, you have to at least stop and think about it before you just fire away on this one, in my opinion. I still like the Padres. I still think they have a... As 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 much as Mania has been all over the place, I still would take him over Junis. As much as Hayter's been a disaster and the Padres' bullpen's been unreliable, I still would take them over the Giants' bullpen. And as much as we've seen the Padres struggle offensively in this last week here, you know, last night aside, I still would take them over the Giants' offense, especially this Giants' offense against the lefty. So I still think the Padres have an edge on all three ways we can break this game down and the games in San Diego. So I still am on the Padres at minus 161. It's a B-grade play. I don't know what the odds would have to be for me to give this an A grade, but it's not this. Model says minus 178. I think it's worth an investment. I think it's worth a look. But how much, again, is a big question just based off of how you feel about Sean Mania.
My last afternoon game of the day, Yankees at Mariners, 410 Eastern start time. I know y'all are shocked that we're on the Mariners again today with an A grade play. They got us a winner last night, a one nothing game in 13 innings. <laughs> scoreless with the ghost runner in the 10th, scoreless with the ghost runner in the 11th, scoreless with the ghost runner in the 12th, and the Yankees put up another zero with that free runner in the 13th. Talked about that Mariners bullpen is a strength, and of course the Yankees bullpen is still pretty good too. Uh, in in a game that you know lived up to the pitch duel, uh, Bill and Castillo was fantastic. Eight scoreless innings, and that Mariners bullpen did, did the rest of the job, you know, but. Again, we say Yankees are overpriced and the Bears value in the Mariners. There's no difference today. I think you probably saw this coming. Plus 112 at home is an acre play for me on the Mariners. I've got the Mariners as minus 108 favorites. I think they should be slight favorites. It's coin tossy type game, no different than last night. You're getting plus odds in that situation. It's a great investment. It doesn't mean the Mariners will win this game. It just means that at plus 112, I think it's a great value play in a game that the Mariners, I think, win more often than they don't. The model says that the Yankees here, if this was in a neutral site, would be slight favorites. But right now they're at minus 122 in Seattle. Seems way too much for me. I love the Mariners here today. Nestor Cortez versus Robbie Ray, two lefties that I've got rated fairly similarly. Cortez does have a better ERA at 257 compared to Ray's 396. Ray's got hit around a couple times by the Astros to inflate that ERA. An Astros team that somehow can't beat the A's but destroys the Mariners. Again, baseball's weird. But the underlying metrics for Cortez have his ERA more in the mid-threes, mid-upper threes, which is fairly similar to where the advanced metrics have Robbie Ray. So I don't see how you can really say that Cortez is a much better pitcher. He's had better results this season. Absolutely, I wouldn't deny that. And the ERA being almost a full run and a half better is proof of that. But I have Ray at right around the same skill level as Cortez. The underlying metrics would say they've actually pitched fairly similarly. And of course, Ray has a longer track record as well. And Ray's the guy who's probably going to give you an extra inning which again matters, especially given how much work the top of the bullpens got last night, how many high-stress pitches they were throwing with all those free runners placed on second base. So I really like the uh, Mariners here with Ray. Again, not that I dislike Cortez. I just think it's pretty even with regards to the starting pitcher matchup. Again, as I said yesterday, I think the Mariners have the edge with regards to the bullpen. I love this bullpen. We saw it again last night. Not that the Yankees' bullpen's bad, but I love this Mariners' bullpen. Yankees offense better than the Mariners offense, but game in Seattle, I think all that kind of washes out again. Plus odds makes a lot of sense to me here at plus 112. A great pick on the Mariners. I don't really know what else there's to say about it other than we're still in the Mariners most days. They've been really good to us. I don't see why we should stop writing. Doesn't mean they'll win today. I just, again, love the plus odds. And again, that has a total of seven models to 6.9. And a slightly chilly afternoon in Seattle. As again, that roof should be open. It should be a nice day, but temperatures more in the mid-60s there. Ball not really going to fly. And again, two pitchers and two sets of relievers that you really have to like. Julio Rodriguez might make a return today. And if so, that's going to be a huge boost to the Mariners. Again, giving them an extra right-handed bat. Is they're a little bit left-handed heavy these days, which doesn't put as well going against the lefty. Not really expecting Rodriguez back. And I'm not projecting him back. This number does not include Rodriguez whatsoever. If this, If he does come back, I love this Mariners play even more. Of course, the odds probably jump as well but based off of the reports reading between the tea leaves it just i just didn't get enough optimism that while he's eligible to come back today it just doesn't seem like that's what's going to happen maybe they're playing it coy and they will and if so i would love that but it's not something i'm counting on if so it's just an added bonus to get him back
to the night game, 7.05 Eastern start time. Marlins at the Phillies. It'll be about mid-80s in Philadelphia to start, around 80 degrees to close. Slight breeze around 5 miles an hour blowing out to right center field. And some more rain in the area caused some delays last night. Have to keep an eye on that again tonight. They got nine in last night. They ought to be able to get nine in tonight as the chances of rain are more between the 25 and 50% mark. So some rain potentially not nearly as bad as last night, but you just never know this far out. And a game that should be at least more competitive because the Marlins are throwing Cy Young probable winner at this point for the National League. Sandy Alcantara, who's having just a fantastic season. A guy we faded a lot for the most part because he's been overpriced. Because, again, while he has that 188 ERA, the underlying metrics do say it should be in the low threes, which is still obviously really good, right? I cannot underscore enough. That's still really good. But, um, you know, he, he's he's not at Jacob deGrom's level. He's a, a slight notch below that, in my opinion. So I think he's just been a little bit overpriced for the most part this season, but again, we're still really good. Right? I can't take anything away from that and still one of the top pitchers in my database. But again, just I think he's been a little overpriced because – and there's been games where he's gone eight or nine and really made it where the bullpen doesn't matter, which which helps at least. But again, he can't score runs for him. This Marlins offense has just been terrible. So since he's only half at most of the equation, it's hard to get too excited about backing the Marlins when he pitches because you have to lay quite a price knowing that they're still going to have a hard time scoring. Today they'll face Noah Syndergaard, who's just fairly average at this point in his career. 4.02 ERA, the underlying metrics say that's fairly accurate and a good representation of who he is. Phillies, of course, they will have an edge on offense, and they'll have an edge in the bullpen. Of course, they won't have an edge with regards to starting pitcher, but the game's in Philly. I think this one's priced fairly well. Model says Philly's minus 125, so I'll take the Phillies at minus 121. A little bit of value, but not enough value to give it a B grade because obviously Alcantara is so good good that you can't be that confident going against him i just don't think there's enough value backing him Uh, it's it's rare that you can say backing the best pitcher in the league makes a lot of sense because everyone else knows he's the best pitcher in the league um again shy of you know i say best he's performed the best in the league right you know degrom and surgery you might say are you know a little bit better but i mean just such a fantastic pitcher it's hard to back him because everyone else knows he's really good and, and you're paying a premium for it and so, you know, if I could get a number like plus 130 in this situation, you know, I think Sandy maybe can control this game and win it. I like the plus odds. But at this number, it's just not worth the investment on the Marlins, in my opinion. I'll be on the Phillies. Like I said, there's a little bit of value. Again, the model says it should be minus 125. I've got Alcantara rated really, really well. And I've still got this number here as the Phillies' favorite at home with a little bit of value. So at some point, how much better can I rate Alcantara, I, I, I can't really see how I can give him that much better of a rating than this. I think the model's been fairly accurate with how much it's liked him. So I still think the Phillies make a little bit of sense as short favorites here, but again, can't give it a B grade, not enough value to be fading a guy who can take over the game here. Thankfully, we're not laying a price like minus 130. If it gets up into that part, I think it's just a straight pass. But in low minus 120s, I think it's worth a small investment but again, unless I'm more at like minus 110 on the Phillies, it's not a pick that I'm excited about. And again, that model says should have a total of 7.6 and the total's priced at 7. I don't really trust any over in Marlins games, though, so the model might say go over this one. But I, the Marlins offense is so terrible at this point. It, it, you know, it, every once in a while they'll score some runs um, and, and keep their rating, you know, not worse in the league. But 
you know, there's times you watch the Marlins offense and you start wondering, you know, do I just need to zero out their offense and just project them for like no runs a game or something ridiculous because that offense has just been so bad. So again, with Sandy on the hill and the Marlins offense involved, again, model says over, but, and, and, and over might be the smart play, but it's not a play that I think, you know, it's something you can really get behind. Cause this game could easily be one to nothing. And I don't think anybody would be that shocked there in Philadelphia. Seven to five Eastern first pitch blue Jays at the Orioles. Uh, y'all keep saying the Blue Jays overpriced, still overpriced, probably going to be overpriced for a long while. I don't really see why it's going to change. It hasn't changed yet. I don't see why it's going to change now. It doesn't mean the Blue Jays are going to lose out. The Blue Jays are still a good team. It just means that at the prices that they're being offered, it's profitable just to kind of blindly fade them. And that's not what we've been doing. We've been mixing up our, our bets and our wager sizes. And, and sometimes every once in a while we'll back them. But for the most part, you know, backing the Orioles has been good to good to us and, and fading the Blue Jays has been good. And, and, and the reason I have the model is to help us know when that strategy stops being good, right? When you have a strategy that's kind of working, a team you're backing, you talk about the Mariners, right? Talk about the Phillies, a team moving back in the lot, Orioles, a team moving back in the lot, right? You know, the reason I built the model is for us to mathematically say, okay, now the price has caught up. The price isn't catching up with either one of these teams, in my opinion. I'm on the Orioles again today at plus 133 with an A grade. I got us winners here in the first two days. First night with an A grade, last night with a B grade decent plus odds decent plus odds again today here i think there's a lot of value on this play and a game that i think the blue jays should be favored in but only by the smallest of margins model says blue jays minus 115 in this one it'll be a nice day in baltimore low 80s to start upper 70s to finish but there is rain in the area we're talking 60 to 70 percent chance of rain so rain could really affect this game could shorten the game a little bit as well so just something to really keep an eye on here one of the Bigger question marks with regards to rain tonight. Winds will stay under five miles an hour. Snow wind effect there. Again, to the total, I'm seeing priced at eight and a half. Model says nine on this one. So maybe a slight lean to the over. Jose Barrios for the Blue Jays. Starting to pitch a little bit better for the most part, but still just barely better than average. He does have a 519 ERA on the season. And the underlying metrics say it should be in the mid four. So he's had a little bit of bad luck. For the most part, Barrios is just a little bit better than average. He has, again, pitched better as of late, so something to keep an eye on. And I still think he's better than Dean Kremer, who does have a 343 ERA, but the underlying metrics say it should be more in the low fours, and obviously Barrios is going to give you more length. So I think you have a little bit of upside, actually, with both pitchers. So it's a situation, too, where, again, the models is a total of nine, but I think it's probably a little bit high. I think this total is priced pretty well at, at eight and a half because I think the model – might be a little bit underselling both pitchers. A game where, of course, the Blues just have an edge on offense. But the Orioles' edge with regards to the relievers is so large in the game in Baltimore. Again, it's a coin tossy type game, slight edge to the Blue Jays, but not at these prices. Orioles plus 133 is an A grade. Lots of value on it here. Biggest recommendation, if you don't like the Orioles in this spot, you don't want to fade Barrios, my biggest recommendation, just don't play the Blue Jays. Price is like minus 150, just not enough value to be worth an investment, in my opinion. I love the Orioles here. I think they got a chance to get it done. And again, plus 133 in a coin tossy type game is way too good to pass up. 17 Eastern first pitch, Guardians at the Tigers. Nice one to Detroit, low 80s to start mid-70s to close. Winds will stay five miles an hour or under, so no real wind effect there. No rain either, which is obviously nice. Aaron Savali versus Drew Hutchison. Savali with a 617 ERA, but the underlying metric state should be about two runs better. Hutchison has a 437 ERA, but the advanced metric state should be half or higher. Hutchison gets one of the worst ratings in the 
starting pitcher database that I have. Savali's more around league average. Guardians have edges everywhere. Again, that Tigers offense is terrible. Guardians offense is a little bit above average. Tigers relievers back down to average after they moved a few guys. And Guardians relievers, again, a little above average. I love the Guardians here to win. It's all about the price, though. I'm seeing minus 176 right now. I locked that in as a B play. Model says minus 192. So as long as you're better than you're 180 or better, it's a B pick for me. Maybe minus low, low minus 180s, maybe. As it starts getting up towards 200, I'd still be on the Guardians up to minus 200, but you start losing value quickly and you start wanting to really scale back the investment because the premium you're paying doesn't really make it as worth your capital as other games that are happening tonight, in my opinion. Now, when I woke up this morning, I did see this number right around 160. That would be an A-grade play, so you never know what the number's going to do. If there's been a lot of Guardians money early this morning already driving the number up about 15 cents, if that continues again, at some point it drops to a C-grade as you're getting up towards minus 200. But if it comes back the other direction and you're getting a price in the low minus 160s, again, now you're talking about an A-grade. So again, never know which way this number's going to go. If you got in this morning just assuming that we were going to back the Guardians again, kudos to you as you would have grabbed a really good number in the minus 160 range. But at minus 176, only a B grade is, a, you know, about half or so of the value has evaporated with that 15 cents. So I still like the Guardians, just we're paying a little bit more of a premium. So I want to pull back the investment just a little bit to reflect that. But again, they should win where they have edges everywhere. Again, Savali, not nearly as bad as that 617 ERA. Much better than Hutchison. Again, Guardians offense, much better. Relievers better as well. The only downside for them is on the road. But they're a much better team and are more likely than not to win this game by a decent margin, in my opinion. Total on this one is 8. Model says 8.9. So Model would really like going over in this game. Just always have to think through about that Tigers offense, though that Tigers offense is pretty terrible. So that's kind of the caveat there is they could easily only score one or two runs. But if you think the Tigers can get a couple help you out, maybe the over makes sense. Maybe a Guardians team total over makes a little bit of sense. That offense should be able to tee off on a guy like Hutchison. So again, the model kind of likes over, maybe you're looking game over, maybe you're looking Guardians team total over. That'd be kind of the way to look there if you're still playing some of those totals. 17 Eastern first pitch, Braves at the Red Sox. A wild one last night in Boston as the Braves escaped in the 11th inning with a win. Tonight it'll be around 70 degrees to start and mid-60s to close. A fairly chilly August night there in Boston. A slight chance of rain, probably not going to happen, but again, it's not impossible, so I have to mention it. Winds be blowing in around five miles an hour, so we've got a hitter-friendly ballpark, but pretty pitcher-friendly conditions as we're going to see temperatures in the upper 60s for most of this game and a slight breeze in. That'll help out Kyle Wright and Nick Pavetta. Pavetta looking a little bit worse as of late, but for the most part, I think that's more about a return to normalcy for him. He had a great start to the season, but I don't think any of us thought that was necessarily real. Now he has a 450 ERA with underlying metrics. Say it should be maybe slightly better than that. He gets a fairly average rating according to the model. Kyle Wright's a guy we've liked to back all season. The guy that um, has had fantastic results, a 322 ERA. And the underlying metrics say it should be about you know in the three and a half. So... Um, not really any smoke and mirrors. Kyle Wright's a guy that we've backed all season, liked all season. I've been praising all season, backing him early on into the middle part of the season when I said I don't think that people realize just how good he is and the value that he offers. I think that might be kind of changing at this point. I think we all kind of seem to realize how good Kyle Wright is, that it's not smoke and mirrors, that it is for real. Again, I called that early. I'm sure some other people did as well, but I think maybe now it's kind of like the book's out on him that he's a good pitcher 
it gets an 85 rating according to the model. And a lot of times when I look at these, I try to figure out how people are being priced. I don't think I could be any more generous to Kyle Wright. He's good, but you know, when you start looking at the pitchers that the model gives an 82, it's guys like Brandon Woodruff. And I still would have Kyle Wright a a, a hair below Woodruff, you know? And so I I think this 85 rating frame is pretty solid. I, I really don't think that he's being mispriced by the model which leads me to believe that this number is fairly accurate here. It says Braves minus 124. So for me, it's the Red Sox or pass. Braves minus 145 or so is the number that I'm seeing out there. And the bottom line to me is in the in the 140s, it's just too steep of a price to lay that the Braves are more likely than not to win. I love Kyle Wright. But this Red Sox offense grades out better than the Braves offense. The game's in Boston. Pavetta's not a bad pitcher. And of course, the Braves have a huge edge with regards to relievers, but again, it's all about the price here. And to me, laying prices like minus 140 in the Braves is a long-term recipe for disaster. I think it's Red Sox or pass. If you want to pass, then that's fine. The model says there's value on the Red Sox here. So I'll take them at plus 131. I think it's worth a look to see if you can agree or not. Again, number, according to the models, 124. So plus 131 offers a little bit of value here on the Red Sox. Not enough for me to get really excited about fading Kyle Wright. Now, if I could get prices in the upper 130s to 140, that point you're probably talking about a b play and i don't love fading kyle Wright, but the value is too good to pass up at this point though i'm keeping it at a c grade play just because i need a certain amount of value before i fade kyle Wright, just because he's been so good to us this season and again that the model says should have a total of 8.4 if i were to play one under today this probably would be it Again, the model says 8.4. I'm seeing a total of 9.5. I think this total should not be any higher than 9. The fact that you win on 9 rather than push, 9 is a very common outcome in baseball games. And a park at Fenway that hasn't been quite as hitter friendly this year as it's been in years past and a chilly night. Two pitchers, I think, can get the job done. Two good offenses. Two good offenses. Two good offenses that lit it up last night, but I don't think last night has a ton of bearing on tonight. I think 9.5 is too much. Again, I'd price this total at 9. Your model says 8, 8.4, so an under that I think might be worth consideration. Again, the Red Sox, I think, worth consideration is underdogs here. Those plus odds, always something to look at. 8.10 Eastern start time, Rangers at the Astros. A wild one there at Minute Maid Park last night. Martin Perez goes 9-up, nine 9-down nine on, I believe it was 23 pitches for the first three innings. And then the wheels come off as the Astros win a high-scoring affair today. It'll be a massive pitcher mismatch between Justin Verlander and Glenn Otto. Uh, Otto with a 531 ERA underlying metrics say that's about who he is. Very below average. A pitcher that the Astros should light up against Justin Verlander, who's obviously fantastic in the running for the Cy Young for the AL. 173 ERA, kind of like Alcantar is, though. Not as good as that ERA. Underline metrics say it should be in the low three. Still ridiculously good. It still gets a great rating and a guy you want to give the ball to every five days, but probably not quite as good as those underlying metrics. But I think there's some value here on the Astros. This number was a little bit higher this morning. I was seeing numbers in the 300s, and apparently some Rangers money came in to bring this down. At 277, I think there's some decent value on the Astros here. And the model hasn't liked Verlander. To me, it's a really high price on the Astros. You have to keep that in mind. Again, we can't get too carried away with the prices. And it's it's between a B and a C grade pick for me. But given that the model has really liked to fade Verlander, 
that to me bumps this up to a B grade because the model says it should be Astros minus 301. So again, I'm a little bit nervous about the price, but a lot of times recently we've seen the model kind of say there's value going against Verlander and that's been wrong. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, given that the model has been a little bit lower on Verlander than I think the reality has been tells me maybe this price should actually be more like Astros minus 310 or 315. So it makes me okay playing a number like 277 against a big number. We've had some of these big numbers again. Sometimes we've run away from them and that's been good to just avoid them. Um, but the ones we've taken have mostly been okay. So again, it's, it's a little bit nerve wracking playing this big of a number, but for me, I'm comfortable at 277 with the B grade pick on the Astros. As long as you're kind of in the 290 or lower, I think it's worth an investment on them. You can look run line. I've talked about this a lot. I haven't had success with run lines. I haven't had success figuring out when to take them and not. It's 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 not a strength of mine. It's not something I've really tried to figure out necessarily either. And that's just something to keep in mind. I've only got so much time in the day. I am a real stats professor. I have to do that job <laughs> as well. I have a family, you know, uh, and I try to watch a lot of baseball because I want to watch things and so I can soak them in and be knowledgeable about them. And so I only have so much time to play with the data. So maybe there's something there in a way to kind of figure out when to jump on run lines or not. I haven't figured it out and played with it enough and I haven't been able to just eyeball it and figure it out. So I don't make run line plays. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't. And in general, for the most part, I tend to say that the value is probably about the same. The conversions are fairly accurate every time I've looked at it. So if you're a run line type guy, whatever value I think has the money line has, the run line probably has very similar value. So if you don't like the odds, you want to go run line again, that's a personal choice. For me, it just hasn't been successful. So I'm going to stick to the money line and I'm going to say value is value and laying a big price is okay. Plus odds doesn't make value. Value is when the probability that we win is greater than the applied probability that we're getting from the sports book. And that's what I think we have today. So I'm comfortable laying a bigger price here. It may not work out for us. Again, baseball can be kind of weird, but I think there's value. And so in the long run, I think backing a guy like Verlander at a price like this, even though it's large at home against a pitcher as bad as Otto, an Astros team that's destroyed the Rangers at home over the last several years, 2020 aside, when the Astros were surprisingly mediocre. I just think the price should be higher. So I'll take him at minus 277. But again, the total of game has a total of 7.5. Model says 8.2. Model would go over. It's tough to say on this one because, I mean, you look at this one and say the Astros should score a ton off of Auto, and they probably don't score off of Verlander that much. So what do you do with the total? I have no idea. It's not a total that I think is really worth messing with. Maybe you isolate a team total, but the problem is the team total in the range is going to be really low and really high on the Astros. So it's not a total market that I think is really exciting and it's not exciting to lay those big odds, but I do think it's worth a look and a little bit of an investment on the Astros, even at the big price. It's a great pick for me there. Eight tennis to start time. White Sox at the Royals. Yeah, both games in the double hitter yesterday, tremendous value on the Royals in that afternoon game. Brady Singer versus Lance Lynn I was shocked. We got such big plus odds that came down to around even money. But if you looked at the sheet, even then it would have said even money was a fantastic investment and the Royals won that first game fairly handily today though. On the White Sox with an A-grade play at minus 132, Johnny Cueto versus Chris Bubich. Cueto with that 291 ERA. Now, I don't think he's that good. The underlying metrics say it should be in the low force, but I still think he's a better pitcher than Bubich is. Bubich has that 527 ERA. The underlying metrics say maybe not quite that bad, but still worse than Cueto. And Cueto's a guy who's going to give you a little bit more length at this point than Bubich. The 
White Sox relievers are better. Their offense is better. And again, we talk about the White Sox crush left-handed pitching as they're so right-handed heavy. And of course, Bubich is a lefty. Gives the White Sox a lot of advantages here on the road. I think they can get the job done here. Minus 132 is short, in my opinion. It's an A-grade play. Model says it should be 147. So as long as you're 135 or better, that gets an A-grade to me. In the upper 130s into the mid-140s would be more of a B pick. You never know what the number's going to do. Might go up, might go down. Who the heck knows on these type of things? But at 132, I locked in an A-grade play. I love the White Sox here on the road. I think the Cueto's the better pitcher. They have a better relievers. They have a better offense. And so it's a short number. 132 is not that big of a price. It's an A-grade pick for me. Total of 8.5, and the model says 8.9, so it might be an interesting situation to look over. You have a fairly hitter-friendly ballpark in Kansas City. You do have mid-80 temperatures to start. It will cool off a little bit, but it'll still be in the upper 70s to finish. So not a chilly night. Maybe not a hot one where the ball's really going to fly, but of course, Kaufman, a hitter-friendly ballpark, starting off around 85 degrees. White Sox can put up some runs off of lefties. Might be worth a look at the over. Wind-wise, we are talking about winds blowing in, but only at around 5 miles an hour. It's probably not too much of an effect there. Bottom line is White Sox hit lefties really well and should put up runs against Bubich and a subpar set of Royals relievers. Royals probably put up a couple. I think the White Sox got a good chance to get something like five or six runs here, and that's going to help us get to an over. But again, main investments, the White Sox minus 132, I think, is a great play, as that number is a little short, in my opinion. 8.40 Eastern start time, Cardinals at the Rockies. A wild came in Coors last night with the Rockies scoring about 100 runs, it seems like, on Miles Michaelis. Michaelis was a guy I talked about was uh, not as good as that ERA. The underlying metrics were not supportive of those numbers, and uh, kind of came back, you know, all that regression came back in one start. Uh, baseball's weird. <laughs> right, baseball's weird. As I, as all I can remind you about, just you can't forget that, right? It's not like a sport, like a you know, a basketball. A lot of times, you know, the better teams, if they go out and play, tend to be better teams. And in baseball, you see weird things. I don't think anybody quite expected that last night. Um, Rockies winning, sure. Rockies winning in that fashion, putting up a nine spot in the third inning after already getting some runs early on. Quite an outing for them. Tonight, there should be some more runs as well. We're going to start off, like I said yesterday, I said there's a chance for some runs with it being a little bit warmer to start. Same thing here tonight, around 90 degrees to start in a hitter-friendly ballpark. Winds blowing out around 10 miles an hour the entire game. It will cool off to around 80 degrees to finish, but it'll be fairly warm, especially early on. Winds blowing out in that park. I expect a lot of runs in this game. I'm seeing a total of 11.5. I think that's short. I'd go over that 11.5. Model says 12 here. Might be one of my favorite overs of the night. I think these offenses can score a lot of runs. The Rockies offense that against righties, I don't trust. Of course, they did fine against the righty last night. But in general, one I like to play more against lefties. The Cardinals will throw a lefty in Jose Quintana. So it makes this Rockies offense competent against lefties in these hitting conditions. The Cardinals offense is also good. I see a lot of runs tonight. Might be my favorite over on the day. But with regards to the side, I will take the Rockies at plus 135 with a B-grade pick. I think there's value with this number. The model says it should be 130. I think this is going to be a high-scoring, who-the-heck-knows type game. I have Quintana as a better pitcher than Freeland, but I'm not convinced it's by that much. It's probably rounding error at this point. When you have a toss-up with regards to the starters, and again, the Rockies being more competent and lefties at home, a huge home field advantage. Their, their relievers obviously worry me. It's why I think the Cardinals should be favored. And again, the model says they should be favored to the tune of minus 30, even on the road. I think the Rockies are worth a look at plus 135. As long as it's plus 130 or better, the Rockies 
probably worth a small investment depending on what kind of odds you can get. I'll give them a B-grade play here. They play better at home, and like I said, I don't mind playing them against lefties as they hit lefties fairly well. Both these pitchers around average or slightly better. Quintana has a 339 ERA in the season. And my metrics say it's about how good he's been. So again, a great season for Quintana. Not a guy I'm looking to fade. You know, all about the price there. But a guy who's having a solid year. And Kyle Freeland with a 4.56 ERA. And again, that's partially inflated by pitching in core. So a guy in Freeland who's a solid pitcher here. Again, I think it's fairly toss-up in a lot of areas of this game. High-scoring game. It'll be kind of about which routine fly ball gets over the fence and which one doesn't. And in a situation like that, I think plus 135 offers some value here on the Rockies. 940 Easter first pitch, Pirates at the Diamondbacks. Mitch Keller versus Madison Bumgarner. Keller's a guy I've talked about. It's not bad. And a guy who was undervalued for a bit of the season. A guy we tried to back there from time to time. 421 ERA. Underline metrics say it should be around four. Gets a fairly average rating. Again, a solid pitcher for the Pirates. Of course, the problem for him that their relievers are terrible and their offense is terrible. So he's the only bright spot tonight for that team. Against Madison Bumgarner, who has an ERA at 396. Underlying metrics, though, say it should be more in the upper fours. A guy who, again, probably pretty average as well. Model likes Keller more than Bumgarner, but again, I think it's kind of a rounding error. Neither guy is great. Neither guy is bad. Just kind of average starting pitching, but... As bad as the Dimebacks relievers are, I still like them more than the Pirates relievers. And as bad as the Dimebacks offense is, I like them more than the Pirates offense. The Dimebacks, again, a little bit left-handed heavy on the bat, so they project better against righties. Almost a league average offense against righties. I said it last night, and I'll say it again. The reason I took them last night with the B-grade pick is the same reason why I'm backing them tonight. I think in general that this Diamondbacks offense is just better than the Pirates offense by enough of a margin that that's really the only thing that matters in this game. All the relievers suck, and the starters are just kind of mediocre. But the Dimebacks' offense is the difference maker in this game at home. I think they win. I'll take them at minus 152, but it's too steep of a price to get excited about. It's only a C-grade pick for me. Model says Dimebacks minus 151. So if you're in this 150 range, it's worth a look, but only a small investment in my opinion. It's the side I want to be on. Minus 152 is not a bad price. It's better than minus 160, but, you know... If you're eyeing a price like minus 160 in the Diamondbacks, to me, that just becomes a, a stay-away type situation. It's just really too steep to, to really like. But I don't want to be on the Pirates on the other side until I was able to get, until I'd be able to get a number like plus 160, which would mean that this number moved a ton, which is possible. You never quite know. But we're eyeing it right now. I think the Diamondbacks are the side to be on. It's just about where the number is determines the size of your investment. This number drops. I'm very comfortable adding a second unit to the Diamondbacks and upping this to a B grade. So something to keep an eye on, especially as the B picks have done really well. This number drops into the mid minus 140s, especially the low minus 140s. You're talking about B grade caliber, and I will want that second unit on. I'll tweet that out and I'll update the sheet on it as well in case you want to follow along there. But of course, you can see it yourself. And again, if you if you're if you're getting a number in the mid mid to low minus 140s, I like the Diamondbacks a lot more there. But over minus 150, it's still the side I think is worth playing but it's hard to get too excited about that number. A game that the total is eight model says 9.1 model basically says that all the relievers are terrible enough that there should be some runs in it. So the model really likes this over. I don't, I don't know personally with these two teams. I've talked about this with a handful of teams lately. Some of these are tough because the offenses aren't great and the relievers aren't great. So what do you, if starters aren't great, so what do you do with that? Right. It's, it's kind of a, a weakness on weakness. We've seen in these situations that the unders have tended to work 
better when it's been weakness on weakness. Um, but given that the model's so much higher, I wouldn't go under eight. That seems kind of ludicrous, but I'm not sure I'd love going over it either. So it's a total that model likes over. I don't know. Um, the main thing here is I'm just kind of hoping that this number goes down and we can get a better investment on the Diamondbacks at a better number later in the day. And to wrap us up, 10 10 Easter first pitch, Twins at the Dodgers. A nice night out in L.A., upper 70s to start, low 70s to finish. Slight breeze blowing out pretty consistently the entire night, not dying down, so it's a little bit unusual. Being the 5 to 10 mile an hour range. No line on this one yet, as I believe we're, I guess they're making a number on this one because uh, we assume it'll be Ryan Pepio for the Dodgers against Sonny Gray. That's kind of, I guess, what we're waiting on. Um, Gray, of course, a very good pitcher, 319 ERA. Underline metrics say it should be about a half run higher than that, but still a good above average pitcher. If it is Pepio for the Dodgers, probably fairly average. He does have a 276 ERA. Of course, that's only in 16 innings. He hasn't offered a lot of length, and he's not a guy that you expect the Dodgers to try to really extend. They've got a good bullpen, so they'll probably tell him two times through the lineup, especially against his Twins offense, and you're done. Uh, underlying metrics, of course, for him in those 16 innings, though, not good. More in the mid-four. So a prospect who might one day be pretty good. At this point, though, I'm just thinking he's probably around league average. So Twins have an edge there in the starting pitching department. If it is Pepio here tonight for the Dodgers, bullpens probably fairly even. Both bullpens project pretty solid out as the Twins have added some reinforcements here at the uh, trade deadline. Dodgers slight edge on offense. Of course, the Dodgers being home. Dodgers should be favored in this one. The question is by how much. And the model says, again, if it is Pepio, that his lack of length and being just average compared to an above-average pitcher in gray kind of balances out the Dodgers' edge on offense and says the Dodgers basically have home foot advantage, and that's about it. Model says Dodgers minus 116. And so if it is these two pitchers, we'll be on the Twins. The question will just be what sort of number we can get. Will it be an A grade or a B grade? Didn't work for us last night. Dodgers' team is really good. Joe Ryan got hit around a lot. Of course, that was the big question mark um, there. You know, not to say that Sonny Gray can't get hit around, but in general, you've got a better starting pitcher here for the Twins. Um, they got a chance in this one. And so depending on exactly how big a plus odds it is determines the value, and that will determine the grade of the pick. But if it is these two guys, we'll probably be on the Twins. Just question is by how much. Again, the model says should have a total of 8.9. I think 9 seems about right. 8.5 in that ballpark seems about right. But it'll stay fairly warm for standard L.A. night, and the wind will stay blowing out. So, um a total of nine doesn't seem that crazy in my opinion um, because like I said, it's not going to drop into the sixties and it's not going to be one of the wind dies down. So again, we'll update that uh, with the pick. And if I need to update the number, uh, we'll do so later once we have more information. So recap right now, I've got four A plays for us. Again, maybe a fifth one on the Twins, depending on the number. We'll see on that one. But right now I've got four of them. I've got the Brewers minus 151 at home against the Rays. I've got the Mariners. Plus 112 at home against the Yankees. Got the Orioles at plus 133 against the Blue Jays. And got the White Sox at minus 132 at the Royals. And that's all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. And a reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. I will see you tomorrow, and until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.